0: You're listening to a podcast of a Sunday Morning Message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. I'm going to jump straight in and ask a question. And if you've lived in Ireland for any period of time, I imagine this has been your experience. Has anyone here ever been caught in the rain and it was absolutely, as we say in Ireland, lashing, pelting, pouring, and you were drenched to the bone. If you have hair, your hair is wet, your clothes are wet, your shoes are wet. Has that ever happened to anyone? If it, is, if it has, just put up your hand. Whoa, okay. So I am understanding from you that you know what it feels like to be drenched. Yeah? Now, maybe drenched is a word we use in Ireland, I don't know. Um, Soaked, absolutely, horizontally challenged by rain. I mean, I remember walking down just the hill here, Um, sorry, here, Summer Hill. Um, When I was dating Denise, my beloved wife, Denise lived on the north side of the city, I lived on the south side. And I can remember walking up Summerhill north here behind us and the rain coming against me. And I was a cool guy. I'm still cool, aren't I? (laughs) I was a cool young fella. So, it didn't matter what the weather was like, I wore desert boots. Because, you see, Bob Dylan wore desert boots and I was like him, you know what I mean? So I wore desert boots, and back then, you were really cool if you wore a duffel coat. It didn't matter how wet it was, so there I am in my duffel coat and my desert boots. It was pouring rain, but I was cool, and I walk up the hills to see my girlfriend, and I'll never forget getting to her front door, and her mother didn't really know me, and her mother just looked me up and down like that. (laughs) And I said, hello, I'm Tom. And she went, hmm. <laughs> I was like a drone rat. Anyway, you get the story. You can get soaked in the rain in dear old Ireland. Because we get a lot of rain here. We're an island way out in the west of Europe in the Atlantic. So we know what rain can be. Now, I want to take your experience and ask you to come with me on a little journey, or as we say in Irish, Taurus Biog, come with me on a little journey and just see what happens when God pours something out on you. Are you up for that? So, when God pours... And again, let me just reiterate what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about damp mist, or a bit of spitting rain, or a little bit of drizzle, or a soft day. Horizontal lashing drenched. Now, if you look at the Irish language, do you know, they say that the Eskimos have 70 words for snow. In Irish, there's about 170 words for rain. I don't know why, it just is there, you know. But... Sometimes there's a mist, and the mist is a bit damp, and then after that you can get what we call spitting. It's just an occasional bit of rain, and then drizzle is a soft rain, and then the old thing in Ireland, you'd always say soft day, thank God. That's, That's when it's raining, but it's not horizontal, and then you get pouring. So I'm looking at the drenching, pouring thing. What do I mean by that when God does it well? I'm looking at the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And that's for those who have never been filled in the Spirit. If you have experienced this in the past, I promise you, you leak and you need to be filled with the Spirit again. It's also called the Pentecostal or charismatic experience. Usually the evidence is that you get tongues the gift of tongues are a prayer language and if you want the theology it's known in theology as glossolalia now this is really important because it's over three years since we actually looked at this in the church we had two years of lockdown where we were just on the screens or we all had to keep away from each other with masks and all of that but hallelujah we're gone past that now who'll say hallelujah We are a Pentecostal or a charismatic or a spirit-filled church. I'm putting these up here so that we'll all get what I'm talking about. You see, if you're like me and you're around a long time, and I work full-time at this, I just trip these words off as if everyone gets them. But every now and again, you know, I'm with someone talking about something I know nothing about. I was listening to a guy talking about um, betting recently. I've never gone into a a bookies shop. I've never placed a bet. I haven't. Michael, we weren't all where you came from. I came from another part of town. Actually, we didn't. (laughs) But someone can talk to you, let's say, I don't know, about type of music, a type of sport, a type of fashion, and you might know anything about it. And they will use words. You see, there is a lingua franca among different people groups. When I was a teenager, I was into metal, rock music, and we had all our own words that people didn't understand. Communities do that. So it's important that those who are new here, and many here are new, and many are here for decades, that we all are on the same page. Now, it's a long time since we've looked at this, and it's wrong that a church that preaches a message where it gives such life, healing, hope, power, that we don't touch on it. So if you're uncomfortable that I'm talking about this, can I appeal to you? Just keep an open mind and an open heart. Would anyone say amen? Amen. Don't be uncomfortable. Jesus Christ is a gentleman. This word isn't to make anyone um, condemned or feel second class. That is not what this is about. This is just to encourage us all to make sure that we have every advantage as we're trying to pay the bills, as we're trying to get over an illness, as we're trying to work out our marriage, raise our kids, be good sons and daughters, or a good friend. We need all the advantages we can get. And there's a load of advantages in what I'm going to tell you about today. Why wouldn't we tap into them? We really are missing out if we haven't done it. So I'm going to look at a well-known chapter in the Bible, but it quotes the Old Testament as well. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that your word would pierce our hearts. And I ask you, God, that you would give us an insight, perhaps that we've never had before. And for those who are new here, I pray today would be the beginning of a wonderful experience That will even deepen our faith. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Jesus Christ has died on Calvary, and he rose from the dead, and now he has ascended into heaven. And he said to his followers, and they were frightened, and there was just a few of them, and he said, wait in Jerusalem. But he didn't just say, wait and see what happens. You know the way some people never tell you anything? It's kind of like they communicate with you on a need-to-know basis. And they just never tell you anything. Well, Jesus said, wait, because the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. So they kind of had an idea. And they knew something was going to happen, so they waited. And they prayed. And this is what happened. When the Feast of Pentecost came... The 120 were in the upper room. Suddenly, there was the sound of a mighty, sometimes violent, is the word used, wind. And it filled the whole building. And tongues of fire came upon each one. Each one of them began to speak in different languages as the Holy Spirit led them. The crowds outside heard them Speak each in their own native tongue. Some were amazed, but others mocked them, saying they were drunk. Then Peter stood up, and he said to the crowd, These people are not drunk. It's only nine in the morning. No, what is happening here is the fulfillment of what the prophet Joel prophesied. In that day, I will pour out my spirit on some people. On good looking people, oh. on bald white men, oh. all people, your sons alone will your sons and your will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. On both men and women who'll say hallelujah. hallelujah! On both men and women I will pour out my spirit, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be hallelujah and I will restore the years that the locusts have eaten and destroyed the great locust the young locust the other locusts and the locust swarms so change your life turn to God be baptized, let your sins be forgiven, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this promise is for you, for your children, and also for those who right now are far away. And that day, about 3,000 were baptized and added to the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was reading uh, how in 2015, Israel, the nation today, suffered from a huge invasion of locusts and when the locusts came initially, in some of the neighbouring countries, they stripped everything bare, there were no crops left, there were no grapes or olives, nothing. Uh, However, the Israelis were together enough and they knew how to stop it. And they stopped the plague of locusts. But back then, and to those people listening on, they came from all over the empire. They spoke different languages, but it was a big feast in Jerusalem. They were there to worship. When they were reminded about the locusts destroying your life, they knew what it meant. It meant death. It meant you had nothing to eat. And some of us here have modern-day locusts. We don't have physical locusts in Ireland, hallelujah. No locusts, no snakes, thank you, Patrick, hallelujah. (laughs) But there is lives that have been destroyed by what I would call metaphorical locusts, by toxic relationships, by addictions, by self-harm, by something like anorexia or bulimia. By thoughts of suicide, by terrible poverty. I could go on and on. So that's what locus means. I'm fascinated though, and this is really important, that each individual had an individual tongue of fire over their head. Remember there was 120, so there are more of us here, well way more from throughout the full day, than there were there. Each one had an individual experience, but then they moved on from the individual to the collective, to the community. They didn't just stay on their own and said, I had a lovely time with my own tongue of fire. I'm going to go in the corner and just, just be blessed myself. No, together they moved out as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance and led them. So they expressed the individual blessing, pouring by pouring out to others. Some people today have so many boundaries. All you ever hear is boundaries. That they're not going to interact with human beings anymore. That's the way they're going. I'm all for boundaries. But there's some boundaries, it's getting ridiculous. The boundaries now are becoming mad. And human beings are even afraid to (laughs) say hello to each other. I feel violated by you saying hello to me. I mean, it's getting ridiculous. Remember the pattern in the Bible, individual blessing, and then you work it out collectively in a community. What is that community? It's the local church. The local church is the hope of the world. Would anyone say amen? Amen. Through the local church, the people will hear about Jesus. What is the Great Commission? What's the most important thing any Christian has to do? It's to tell others about Jesus. It's not to get fat spiritually and just have a lovely time myself. No, that is self-centered. It is he who freely, freely receives, freely, freely. So our whole motive is to get strong enough ourselves to be able to bless others. And that's what we see when we see the Holy Spirit moving. We're told each began to speak in different languages as the Holy Spirit led, or the King James says, gave them Utterance, Acts 2, 4. Some people get really spooked by this. Personally, I was never spooked by it. When the very first time I met a Christian and they said, did you ever hear about speaking in tongues? I went, oh, that sounds cool. But some people get afraid of it. I don't know why. Maybe they met someone who was unhinged, was doing it or something. But for everyone who's not right and is doing that, there are a million people who are right. You know, So don't, don't let that um, throw you off. Just if I can digress for one second, Paul later on says in Corinthians 14 4 to 5 the one who prays in tongues builds themselves up, and the one who prophesies builds the church up. And I want you all to pray in tongues and to prophesy, and especially to prophesy. So we see about tongues, Jesus promised it in Mark 16, you will speak in new tongues. It happened in the history of the church acts, to Acts 10 and so on, and then we see it more confirmed in the epistles. Any time, if you're a student of the Bible, when you see something mentioned in the Gospels, in the book of Acts, and in the epistles or the letters, it's really important. We're not talking about an isolated verse, we're talking about a whole pattern that was ingrained and woven through and into the early Christian church. So this isn't just era whatever. This is important. Back to the story. Some mock them saying they're just drunk. Do you like the photograph of Elon Musk? No, that's your man Tesla, isn't it? Yeah, whatever his name. Yeah, Elon Musk. Is that Elon Musk? Oh, he's an actor, okay. Anyway, you get the picture. Doesn't matter who it is. See how I got out of that very fast? (laughs) But the point has to be made. Straight away, they were attacked. As soon as you start opening up your soul to the supernatural, what's gonna happen? You're gonna be attacked, why? Because when people don't understand something, they don't know how to react or respond. So they will criticize it, attack it, or try to make you out to be something you're not. Look, we've seen it with, God, you know, it's it's an awful thing, but a couple of groups in the city who've never seen anyone come to faith, because we've seen so many hundreds if not thousands of people come to faith, be baptized, added to the church. One of the things you'd hear people say, ah, they're very light. No, the Bible is clear. If you want to really be a New Testament Christian church, you should see people saved and added to the church. That's the Jesus way. Would anyone say amen? So don't let someone try and um, rob you of the blessing that God is doing in your life. Don't let anyone say, ah, you're only that. Ah, you're drunk. Oh, no, they weren't drunk. They were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. But some people, and these were religious people, very interesting, they couldn't handle it. So they try and twist it and tell them they're only drunk. But Peter wasn't having it. And he said, these people are not drunk as some of you suspect it's only nine in the morning. Now you might say... Oh, nine in the morning, I remember fellas drunk. Just put yourself back in time. There wasn't an off license at the corner of the Via della Rosa, all right? There wasn't an early house down the keys in Jerusalem or whatever. It was really difficult to be drinking wine that early in the morning. So it was ridiculous. It was a stupid comment. Don't let anyone rob you of your experience. If you have received the gift of tongues, use it, amen? Because it's something God has given to you. And as you pray in tongues, strangely, kind of doesn't make a logical sense, you find yourself getting stronger. You find yourself becoming more resilient. You find yourself closer to the Lord. Why? Because as we pray in tongues, in our prayer language, it's the Holy Spirit moving in us. So we connect more and more with him. Let me do a little bit of teaching to get a bit of uh, background. Old Testament, New Testament. In the Old Testament, there was only very few people who were filled with the Spirit. But in the New Testament, it was now available to everyone. Of course, not everyone wants it. Not everyone could be bothered. But anyone who is hungry or thirsty can have this experience. In the Old Testament, it was just the odd person here and there. It was very occasional on the, in the Old Testament. Sometimes they went for decades, sometimes they went for hundreds of years. You might have read it. The word of the Lord was seldom heard in those days. Why? Because it wasn't really happening. The Lord wasn't pouring out His Spirit. It really was the occasional little spiss or, or a soft mist. That's all. But now it's on tap. If we want it, it is always, hallelujah. It is today. It is here. It's within the next 30 minutes. We can be filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit. Will anyone say hallelujah? Uh. In the Old Testament, it was only special people. But in the New Testament, it was open to everyone. A huge minority in the early Christian church were slaves. And they from church history, began to speak in tongues. Not one slave, not one, right throughout the Old Testament, was ever filled with the Spirit, never. And as for women, I think there was maybe one or two, but, but it was really rare, and it was only very special people. But now in the New Testament, it's for everyone. It doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman. Now, I know we don't hugely have slaves today, but your social background doesn't make any difference. Hallelujah. It is so different, it's pouring. Back then it was droplets, today you could say it was pouring. So this is uh, the context, I'm just keeping an eye on the time, of the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus came and Jesus ascended into heaven, he didn't remember the whole thing was Jesus came and took on human form so he could walk among us, he tabernacled among us. And Jesus said, I won't leave you alone. I'm going to send the comforter, the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus ascended into heaven, the Holy Spirit came on earth. And where is the Holy Spirit now? He's in the hearts of men and women who love him, who love the Lord. The Holy Spirit is moving on the earth today. Jesus had said earlier on, you can't pour new wine into old wineskins Instead, poured the new wine into new wineskins. And he was speaking about the Holy Spirit here as well. And this goes for every one of us as an individual and also as a community or a church. Because back then they knew if you had new wine, it was powerful. It contained, I suppose, essences, chemicals, and so on. And if you had an old wineskin that they made from animals, it would burst. So you had to put new wine into a new wineskin. We are the new wine. Hallelujah. And this new wineskin, you have to be a changed person. You must be born again. Who'll say amen? Amen. You must be born again to experience this. That's why you have to become a new wineskin. But it's not just the individual. Unfortunately, some groups can be so conservative, so um, afraid that they're like an old wineskin. And that's why new churches, I mean we're not that new, but we're referred to as new churches, have sprung up all over the world. Fastest-growing, fastest growing spiritual movement on planet Earth today are the Pentecostal charismatic believers. Why? Because that's the way the Lord is moving. And the Holy Spirit is moving. And it's our type of churches that tend to be growing. It's our type of churches that are replacing the very highly conservative churches who won't allow this. I was very good friends with two older gentlemen way back in the day when I was a young Christian. They were in an old little church here in Cork. And it was a good church. And the two elderly men, really believed they needed to investigate the Holy Spirit. But some other people in the congregation said no way. They were afraid of it. And when speaking to both these men, they said the same thing. The day that decision was made, when they closed the door on the Holy Spirit, they closed the door on God. They became uh, an old wineskin. And the Holy Spirit couldn't move there. And that church began to decline and is now no more. It's the same for churches but also for individuals. If you close the door on the Holy Spirit, you're closing the door on God. Don't close the door on God. I'm not here to give you a bad time or to make you feel uncomfortable. Be open to the move of the Holy Spirit. It is so biblical. It's all over the Bible. Like, let me challenge you. I would say, we're a Pentecostal church. I would say at least half of us have never had this experience. And of the other half, I would say it's probably been a while since you've been praying in tongues. You see, we need to be filled with the Spirit again, but we need to be baptized with the Spirit first time. Why? So that you can be strong. God, I'm getting a load of dirty looks. Do you want to be strong? I want to be strong. And if God has given you a free gift a free weapon to make you strong why wouldn't you want to have it now you might say not for me that's fine i'm not here to put anyone under pressure or anything like that but i will have to answer to god as to how i pastored the church and i will not come before the judgment seat of christ and say i never said what the bible clearly teaches that is now on your head you can say, I don't want it. You can answer to God, but I'm not going to answer to God by saying, here, yeah, I couldn't be bothered. And you know what? It's wonderful. It's powerful. And when the gift of tongues comes, we can see other gifts, prophecy, visions, healing, hallelujah, Amen. healing, miracles, incredible faith. Faith. Um, over a 100 years ago, two brothers from Wales called George and Stephen Jeffreys uh, came to know the Lord and were filled with the Holy Spirit. This is way back, 1906, and what was known as the Welsh Revival. And you know, about uh, seven years later, moved by the Holy Spirit, they started a church, the first one. And that church was here in the Republic of Ireland, in Monaghan Town, up in County Monaghan. And it's still there today. Elam Pentecostal Church, Monaghan it's called. It's incredible, all these years later. But one of those guys... Um, one of the brothers, George Jeffries, he was used by God again and again. I was reading a while back how he just rented out Birmingham City Hall, this big hall, and then they put up tents and all that. And in one week, something like 25,000 people were born again and filled with the Spirit and baptized in the 1920s. Hallelujah! Do you think God can do that today? Because... The God I read about in the Bible says, Jesus Christ, the same today, forever. He can do that today. The old Methodists used to call this the second blessing. The first blessing was salvation, but then the second blessing was the filling, the baptizing of the Holy Spirit. I, t- I don't know about you, but I want to be Blessed. I want to be blessed. Anyway, George Jeffries said this. Jesus Christ is savior, healer, baptizer in the Holy Spirit, and soon coming king. And this then became known as the four pillars of faith, uh, four square of faith. Some people called it, it was the north, south, east, west of faith. So Jesus Christ is savior, he's healer baptizer in the Holy Spirit and he's the soon coming king. You can see it done in diagram and graphic form in loads of churches. The cross tells us Jesus is the savior. The cup tells us about the cup with the oil of anointing that you pour out on people to be healed. He's healer. The dove is the Holy Spirit who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. And the crown is the fact that Jesus is the soon coming king. Do you believe that? There will be a second coming. Some people are saying with the state of the world, and I'm not getting into any politics, but with all the wars and the threats I can remember as a very young Christian, people were really concerned about nuclear war. And I can remember an old Christian man telling me, well, if you read the scripture, you'll you'll actually read what would happen in a nuclear war about end times. Now, I can't remember what the scripture was, and I haven't looked it up for today, but do you know what? He is the soon-coming king. If Jesus comes back in the middle of a nuclear holocaust, he's coming back for you if you love him. Hallelujah. In a way, we are the most fortunate people on the planet. Whatever happens, we know where we're going. Do you know where you're going? Because if you love God, you're going to heaven. A contemporary of George Jeffreys, fascinating man. I can't read enough about him. Um, but he was up in Northumbria. in in the north of England, and around the same time he said, Smith Wigglesworth, you'll do more in one year if you're filled with the Holy Ghost than you could do in 50 years without him. It's true. There is something about being filled with the Holy Spirit that gives you an energy, and it gives you a joy, and it gives you a love, and it gives you the supernatural so that when you're facing all the things you have to face in in your home, with your relationships, in work, in school. You know what? This is extra. This is power. And it allows you to do things, and it's almost like you're not doing them. Someone often says to me, you must be exhausted after church. No, I'm not. I'm not. Are you? We come here, and it gives us life. I'm not, oh, gosh, I'm exhausted from all them people. You don't exhaust me. I don't know what it is. The Holy Spirit is here, and there is love, and there is joy, and there is peace, and there is power, hallelujah. You'll do more in one year when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit than 50 years without. Let me leave you with a thought, because time is against me. When God pours into us, we can't help but pour out to others freely freely you have received freely freely give it's just the way it is you see someone who never gives they never give a smile they never give any kindness to you they never give you any time you know they probably aren't receiving from God because it's impossible impossible to be receiving from God and not to give to others let me leave you with a thought two scriptures Pilate poured water in a bowl and washed his hands, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. He poured water and he did it to absolve himself. He was a death giver. But Jesus Christ poured water in a bowl and began to wash the disciples' feet. Jesus Christ poured out and he poured out and he was a life giver. He is a life giver. This day, are you a life taker or a life giver? God is pouring into us do we want to be in the pilot company or do we want to be in the Jesus company I would suspect 100% of you here today wouldn't have come to church if you didn't want to be in the Jesus company am I right Mm, mm, mm. yes hallelujah we're going to sing a song brothers and sisters and the song is called let it rain but it's about God's rain will you sing it with us stand up And we're going to pray for anyone who has never received the gift of tongues. You pray today. We're going to pray for you. And if you haven't for a while spoken, we're going to pray you'll be filled again. Let's do what the Bible says. Let it rain. John. We feel the rain of your love. We feel the wind of your spirit. Now the heartbeat of heaven. We feel the rain of your love. We feel the wind of your spirit. And now the heart. of the Spirit. If this is new to you, can I ask you to lift your hands? Don't have boundaries on this. Just lift your hands right now to the living God. I see your hands lifted, so you know who you are. If you have received the gift of the Spirit, and you know what this gift is, but you want to be filled again, would you lift your hands? Join the others. And what we're going to do, I'm going to ask you to leave your seats. We're going to pray for you. Michael is going to move around and just touch each person's forehead. We're going to pray the Holy Spirit baptizes you or fills you today. John, let's sing again as people leave their seats to come to the table. I'm going to ask you to move forward a bit more, those who are seeking this. Do you know I'm going to ask you? I'm going to ask you to kneel down. If you can't kneel down, that's okay. Don't be under any pressure. When we go on our knees, we show God that we're saying, He's more powerful than I am. Do you agree with that? Is God more powerful than you? Can you say amen? Okay. I'm going to ask you to lift your hands. I pray, Lord, Jesus, as Michael goes around and lays hand on each head. For those who have not spoken in tongues, I pray heaven would open over you right now. I pray, Lord, that each one would have a childlike faith. Stop us over analyzing. Who we'll say amen? Analysis, paralysis, be gone in Jesus' name. Give us childlike faith to receive good gifts. Which father, if his child asks him for bread, will give him a stone? You're asking God for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He will not give you something else. So I pray now, Lord, loosen their tongues and let them begin to speak in a heavenly language, in a language that is not their own. Give them a prayer language right now. And all the people of God said... And I pray, Lord, for those who've had this in the past but have fallen out of use. I pray now you would be filled with the Spirit again. I pray you would know the blessing. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would put fire in everybody's belly here and that they would know that that fire is a holy fire and it's from God. We release you. In the church, we release you under heaven. May God give you an utterance that is Holy Spirit-led in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Is this Bruna? Bruna, just lift your hands up, my love. Could you just come up here? Just come up here. If you don't mind, just lift your hands up. Kuresava bashadata, sikana mana dunivosadama, shili di moene kanamada, sukudiri abade shitan mana taso, kura ala mondana, sukavachutum. And Satan has put barbed wire around you, and you have looked around and you have said, "If I go this way, if I go that way, I will bleed." I will be wounded, and maybe I'll die. And oh, how he has tried to hem you in, says the Lord. And the living God is saying to you, my beloved daughter, hear what I say. I am here with a cutter this morning, and I am cutting the barbed wire. You will not suffer. You will not be hemmed in, because I am escaped. Expanding the Tent of Meeting for you. I am giving you more land, more experience, more power, more love, says the Lord your God. So today is a day of huge change for you. Never again will the enemy be able to hem you in. By humbling yourself before me today, says the Lord, on your knees, behold, I am raising you up. And from this day forward you are totally a free woman because the bondage of his slavery will never happen again in your life embrace what the Holy Spirit is doing because this is a new day for you and the Living God said embrace it in Jesus name and God's people said Hallelujah. God is saying to someone else here, I don't know if it's you or maybe it's someone you love. I'm running over time, but I don't care. God is saying to someone here, someone you love is self-harming. They're harming themselves. I don't know if they're cutting or they're not eating. I don't know what they're doing. But God is saying to you, he is giving you an unction an anointing there is oil pouring on your head and it is God's power and you are to go to the person you love and what you need to do is just open your mouth and you are going to speak words of life to them don't analyze it in your head walk by faith and go to them and speak the words God is just going to put in your mouth and you are going to see deliverance for the person you love And this is what the Lord would say. I have watched and my heart is heavy with the death that the enemy has put on this one's life. You are my instrument. You are my messenger. You are the life giver that will bring life into their death. So have faith today and let your heart be on fire. Because if God is for you, who can be against you hallelujah one last prophetic word i want to share and someone has to respond to this god is saying he's going to break your heart but he's going to break your heart in a wonderful way he's going to give you such a burden for people that you work with that you know that you've never had the courage god is going to give you an unction Brian, sin You know it's you. God is saying it's you. Brian, can you come forward? I have to put my hands on you. Is that okay? Michael, will you join me? I know you have this anyway, Brian. But I pray, oh God, a release. I pray, oh God, that even as Brian's heart is broken for the people he is serving, that the broken hearts would bring life and not death. We thank you, Jesus, for the pastoral caring heart in this man. And we pray now, Jesus, that as his heart is broken for men, for women he's helping, I pray that as his heart is impacted, that he would hear words from heaven. And we release him now into this new anointing in his ministry in his work i pray over you brian the unction of the holy spirit may the oil pour down your head down the collars of your robe as it were may you be drenched because god is going to drench you and pour upon you and release you in a way you've never experienced you have said to yourself says the lord Perhaps my best days are gone. And God is saying to you, they are far from gone. What has been so far has only been a foretaste. You are about to enter into a feast. Your hearts will be broken, but all those around you will be blessed. Because this is the calling upon your life. In Jesus' name, and God's people said, Amen. Let's come to our feet. We're going to sing this song before we officially close let's sing it one more time let it rain john into your life pray that god will rain lift rain your hands. rain. this night, this week that you would be soaked that you would be drenched that you would have horizontal blessing that you would see miracles in your life I pray a release of healing in your body I pray a deliverance from Satan's attack on your soul and I pray a fire that is holy and of God would come upon you And I pray the second blessing would be an everyday blessing for you. May every one of us here bring this with us as we face the week ahead. In Jesus' mighty name and for the last time in this service, with a loud voice, the people of God declare... Hallelujah, John and the band are going to play us out, we're a little bit late but there's still coffee downstairs if you'd like to grab some and have a chat with your friends. Over to John and thank you.